Hey, Christian podcasters and creatives, it is time for the event of the year, the 2023 Spark Media Podcast Conference and Award Ceremony. Come connect with trailblazers, authors, publishers, Christian speakers, business leaders, and more this fall in Houston, Texas on September 28th to the 30th. Learn from industry experts and celebrate the most captive voices in Christian podcasting. The Spark Media Ignite event is more than a conference. It is a celebration of Christian community where passion meets kingdom innovation. Don't miss out. Come spark your soul message and ignite your voice at the 2023 Spark Media Podcast Conference and Award Ceremony. Get your tickets today at sparkmedia.ventures. Hi friends, this is Misty Phillip, founder of Spark Media. Welcome to the Spark Media Podcast Conversations. We thank you for listening. Please follow the podcast and make sure to leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Sharon Wilharm and I are coming to you from the Spark Media Conference, which is specifically Christian podcasters, as well as the NRB Conference. NRB stands for National Religious Broadcasting. Anything to do with media, be it radio, movies, podcasts, etc., they are the ones setting the pace with their influence all around the world. Sharon, it's so good to see you. Well, thank you for having me, Sherry. Thank you for agreeing to have this brief conversation here on site with this um, temporary setup, so that's kind of uh, nerve-wracking. <laughs> um, Sharon, your podcast uh, is, all, is about all, or it's titled All God's Women, and your episodes are short and they're easily digestible. I love that. They're like 10 to 12 minutes long, and then you even do a little two-minute promo, if you will. I don't know if it's a promo. It's an overview? It's a feature is what feature. it is. That's what I've learned. It's a radio show feature. And it cuts right to the chase of the message. And so even that, so if you're in a hurry, you can still get rich information from uh, Sharon, her teachings on the women of the Bible. And you you touch on or you do discussions around the women that we know well, but you also talk about the women that maybe we briefly hear their names. And those are my favorite. I love the women that don't have names in the Bible, the women that, you know, people have never heard of. And those are my most popular episodes because I guess, you know, we all know the main ones, but it's kind of nice to learn about some different ones. So again, your podcast is All God's Women, and it takes you on a journey through the Bible, focusing on stories of of women. So, which is why we're here, why you and I are having this conversation. And before I ask you my conversations, I want to look at two, I want to look at some I want to look at both familiar stories as well as the vague women. Do you often find new revelation, be it from the familiar stories or the ones that we know very little? Like you're saying, the non, um, what's the one, nondescript woman? Yeah. It's funny because I have found that I learned from both of them. And there's certain women in the Bible that I thought I knew. And then when I go to do my podcast episode, I realize I didn't know them at all. You know, like there's so many new things. Every time I do a woman, I learn something. And then some women that I avoided because I didn't, their story made me uncomfortable. And so it's like, I'm going to keep studying her until I figure out why did God put this woman in this Bible? You know, like, why did he include this woman? And if they give us her name, why did 
they give us her name? Why didn't they give us her name? God put them there for a reason. And so I want to find out why. We do serve a purposeful, intentional God where absolutely nothing is wasted and the details are even uh, significant to, to his overall story. What do you use to research? Maybe we don't get their name or maybe we just get a name and a small example. How do you develop I started off, I had books, Mm -hmm. and then I was doing, you know, of course, the familiar ones that people have written books on, and then I, when I went to the more obscure ones, I literally just go through the Bible verse by verse. I have study Bibles, so I look at what the different, you know, commentators have put. I love Bible Hub. It is my favorite website, because then I can find sermons I can find commentary from all these different commentators through the years. I can look up the Greek or the Hebrew. Um, I look at all the different versions of the Bible. And so when I put all those together, a lot of times it gives me a different picture than what I thought just reading at one time. Right. I was wondering how you developed that. So that's very interesting. Even the different... Um, varieties of Bibles, the way the interpretation is, that's helpful to me because I will look at two and three different versions in order to get a deeper understanding. And you notice something, like one version will mention, you know, like they'll word it away that it's like, oh, you know, I never thought of that. Opened up a different understanding, a, a newer level. Yes. Let me ask you about Elizabeth and Zacharias. They prayed and prayed for a baby. It was considered a curse and society, I'm sure, did not let her forget right. that she was cursed because she couldn't have any children, and clearly God was had set himself against them. And they waited, and they prayed, and they prayed, and they waited to the point where they were long past childbearing age, but then the appointed time for the birth of the forerunner of Christ arrives, and she delivers John the Baptist. Elizabeth delivers John the Baptist. Tell us something to encourage the heart of a woman who is praying and waiting and waiting and praying and wondering if God even hears her or sees her. Well, I can definitely relate to Elizabeth because I know, I feel confident that they both knew that God had something special for them, but they didn't know what it was. And I love that when the angel talks to her husband, he says, basically, I've answered your prayer as in not that this is a prayer from years ago, but this is something you're still praying on. You know, if you look at it, it's like they never gave up hope. I'm sure everybody else did. And I thought it was interesting that she hid away for, I think it was five months. It was till um, Mary came, and then after that, she went out. But I almost feel it was like after so many years, she was afraid to go out in public for fear of, you know, like if she had a miscarriage or people probably laughing at her like, you're pregnant? Yeah, right, you're just putting on weight. Right, yeah. (laughs) Like, they wouldn't believe it. But. I personally just really relate to them because so many times God has given me this dream or this desire, and then it's decades later before I finally see the fruits of it. So I love, I think when God makes us wait, it's so worth the wait. The things that he, you know, he gives us a glimpse of, but then we finally reach it. It is, it is the most amazing things. And obviously in this case, he needed just the right couple to birth this child. And what a testimony of faith they did give as far as the example they gave, even holding up under social scrutiny and all the stigmas that go along with infertility, especially during that day, Oh yeah, during that time. But it says that they were both so righteous. You know, it uses the word righteous multiple times. And imagine that being the description that God gives you. Yeah. I remember God gave me a vision at 30 years old, and I'm in my late 50s now. And that vision has still not come to pass yet. So I'm still hanging on to that 
with him for him to bring that to fruition? Well, uh, so I submitted my first book proposal 28 years ago. And I just got a contract this year. You know, that is pretty amazing. I look at, you know, I now have a radio show. I remember being in college, driving, you know, I had a long commute when I went to community college. And I would listen to the radio and they would have these little two-minute segments. And I didn't know what to call them. I didn't know anything about them. I was just like, someday I want to do that. But I was like... I don't even know what it's called. I don't know how you do that. I guess you just have to be somebody and they ask you to. And so I put it aside and it's like, that is so cool that God decades later said, you know what? I birthed that interest and now it's time. I wonder what the significance is of waiting because I tell often tell God that waiting on you is the hardest part of my faith journey with you. I know that he reveals himself especially when things get hard and we press into him, we learn things about him we would not have known under, uh, had we not been under that pressure. So I wonder what the significance of waiting. I think for me, I know I've grown during that time because I look at the kind of books that I was writing back then and I feel that if I had just, you know, got on that publishing path and the books I would have written would have been so much more shallow. Mm -hmm. I just think it took a long time for God to give me something worthy of saying and so maybe there, the point you're making might be that we, when we mature in our faith, we have a stronger message or maybe more clarity. I think so. So we're not kind of meandering around and, you know, he's just like, okay, all these, exa- all these things he's been putting in our lives and we don't know why. It's like he's just putting all the puzzle pieces and it's like, okay, now look, you can see the picture. It's all coming together. And then the time arrives for that to be birthed. Yes. So just like... Uh, John the Baptist, they had to wait on his delivery date. Now, what do you think about Gomer, the wife of the prophet Hosea? She commits adultery. And Gomer, I always think of Gomer Pyle. I know that's, that's I know, A, I that's know. aging me, and B, Gomer is this girl's name. But what does Gomer's story tell us about God's heart for the woman who finds herself living with regret and shame? Well, you know, when I read that story, the first thing I think of is why on earth would God have him marry this woman knowing that she's going to be unfaithful to him? But then I think, why on earth does God trust us to do anything? Because he knows we're going to mess up and we're going to make mistakes. And it's so comforting to think that whatever we have done, it doesn't stop us from loving us. And he's always there just welcoming us going, you know what? I knew you were going to mess up, but it's okay. You know, and he sees our heart, and it's just so comforting to know that. That was a beautiful example of God's constant pursual in pursuit of us uh, to you know pull our heart toward Him, and for us to discover Him in the midst of us running and chasing everything under the sun except Him, and He He has a love for us that nothing can rival. But why we don't slow down to really discover that I don't know, or why it takes us so long. I don't know. Last question, or at least the last woman that I'd like to ask you about is Abigail and Nabal. Nabal, her husband, Abigail's husband, was cruel and arrogant, but Abigail ran her household with kindness and, and leadership. She, she didn't shy away or step back because he was mean and heavy-handed. When Nabil angered David, Abigail took action, and yet she had to be disciplined in order to not embarrass her husband. What's the truth or a woman today, how can she apply this to her own life life when it comes to serving in difficult seasons or roles? 
Well, first off, I just think it's so amazing that God would use this woman. You know, talk about using experiences. She had all this experience of dealing with her husband. Mm -hmm. So when the situation came up, she was perfectly comfortable dealing with David because she was used to being a mediator and you know, you know, there had to be all kinds of times where she was between him and the servants or him with other people, you know, just kind right. of calming people down. She just seems to have a very calming kind of presence yeah. about her. And it's so neat that, you know, a lot of times we have this, this idea that God can't use women to speak out. And yet the Bible has all kinds of examples where women spoke out in very powerful ways. He was going to be king. Everybody knew that. And God used this woman to say, hey, you're about to do something that's very dumb. Don't do it. You know, right. like you need to to just sit back, calm down. It's going to be okay. And I just love that. And I love that, you know, if I was in her situation, most of us, we would feel a pity party for ourselves. Right. You know, like yeah. what a miserable life I have. You know, like how can I do anything? Because I'm just stuck with this mean man. You know, we see no complaining from her. It's just like she accepted, this is my lot in life. This is what I'm doing. And she does it with dignity and grace. I'm a complainer. You know, like something little happens and I'm just like, you know, having this major pity party. And that's not the way we're supposed to be. We're just, God gives us these examples. He used that that horrible man that was her husband. He used him and just the contrast between him and her and how she related to the servants and David. And then, you know, when he, when she said, remember me, I doubt she meant marry me, right? You know? but he was watching out for her again. It seemed to me when I read that story or when I've read it, that she kept her eyes on God. She didn't put her eyes on her husband. She kept her yes. eyes on God and she was fulfilling what God had called her to do in the midst of a very difficult situation. And I, like you, wonder if she even knew that at that moment Nabal had angered David, but yet it was to benefit. God would take that situation and then use it down the road to benefit her and bless her. Yes. So I always thought that was uh, quite interesting. Again, God, everything purposeful, everything. It's all there. I mean, she probably would have never met David if not for her husband's, you know, obnoxious behavior. Right. <laughs> so obnoxious behavior by your husband could pay off for you. <laughs> Keep your eyes on the Lord. <laughs> Sharon, thank you so much. Our time's over, but I have enjoyed these for these few minutes here live at the NRB and the Mark uh, Spark Media Conference talking about designed appointments or um, divine appointments. Talk about divine appointments. People who you sit here next to today could be the next step up in your career or the next connection that you need or the next... Um, resource for your for what help you need so spark media conference as well as the nrb thank you sharon thank you take care